Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and good morning. Welcome on board On The Mark. I am Joe McGranahan. With me this morning is Steve Kushaloff. Good morning, Steve. Good to see you, sir. Good morning, Joe. And our producer is Rob Center, as always. Good morning, Rob. Good to see you over there looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and waving through the window. And we are here to talk about the day's events um, in all their many, many facets. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's, it's It's just been a quiet event-free summer. Well, President Biden woke up from his nap and came back to the White House last night. How about that? He cut his vacation short. He's been at Camp David, Joe. You don't, you don't, vacation. Va- you don't vacation to Camp David. Oh, yes, you do. His vacation home uh, is right next to yours down at Bethany Beach. I have no Delaware. home at Bethany Beach. Oh, okay. I forgot. <laughs> I must have got that address wrong. But you anyway. Um, I'm on the Hamptons with uh, President Obama. Okay. Uh, not the Hamptons, but Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Right. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open, one 800 795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com We invite your calls and participation this morning. We do have open phones and as I said, On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com Check out their online specials and you can build a Ford, build a Ford car or truck to your specifications Click on a coupon for the Works Fuel Saver package. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia cars. They're the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And they're a master towing service with decades of experience. Now, Mark Lawrence isn't here today, but he told me yesterday on my way out the door that he was headed to the Sunbury Motor Company today to buy a truck that he had built online. Now, he has done this hundreds of times. I'm sure they're tired of, Ford Company is tired of building trucks to his specification. But he, then he, they order them in and then he always someone always buys them before he can make up his mind to buy them. Now this time he says he's going to pull the plug or pull the cord and he's going to buy the car or the truck. I think I might have heard that it was a F-150, is that what he is? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's something that uh, he said was a little too long for his garage, but he wanted it anyway. So <laughs> we'll see whether Mark yeah. Lawrence, when he comes back tomorrow, whether or not he has fulfilled that obligation. Oh, by the way, speaking of cars, there is some good news today. Apparently, the uh, cost of used cars has finally uh, come back down to earth. Uh, because that was one of the leading drivers of uh, inflation. And from what I read this morning, um, the cost of used cars has come back down a little bit. 
Well, that's good. If you're in the market for a used car, that's probably good news. But you know, over at Sunbury Motor Company, they've always had the best prices on used cars and will continue to have them for years and years to come. So if you're looking for a good used vehicle or a brand new one, check out Sunbury Motor Company. During an interview yesterday with noted white supremacist Sean Hannity, this is from our friend E.B., Donald Trump called the Taliban good fighters who are really smart. So I guess all you members of the Trump cult are pro-Taliban now. After all, you have to parrot your leader. Thank goodness this imbecile is out of office. Well, E.B., maybe you haven't watched CNN lately. They have a wonderful reporter who's doing an outstanding job, Carissa Ward, I think it is, and she said, and got in a lot of trouble for it, for saying that the Taliban seemed friendly. But she's on the ground there, you know, and she's making a decision based on what she's seen. I don't believe the Taliban are friendly, but I think that that lady has a lot of guts and is doing an outstanding job of reporting. Well, I don't think CNN is very fair on any day of the week, but then I can't imagine they're going to keep her because she is very, very fair. It well, seems. I think they'll keep her, but uh, by the way, they just picked up Casey Hunt. I didn't know that till yesterday. Uh, Casey Hunt is a noted NBC uh, reporter and has had a couple of shows of her own, and she's gone over to CNN. But we digress. Uh, the Taliban, from the little bit I've, re I've read, are trying to uh, convince the world and the international community that they have changed, that they're not going to, that, uh, you know, they said women's rights will be respected as long as it's within the Islamist uh, parameters. Sharia parameters, they said. Whatever. I don't know. They're you going know. to live shoulder to shoulder with us under Sharia law. Okay. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. They're not um, going to have to wear the burqas, but they're going to have to wear the hijabs. Whatever, Joe. Uh, I, you know, I, I leave the details to you. And, and they're not going to be allowed to go to school or to own property or to have, you yeah. know. Well, let's just, let's, you know. It, it, but they're going to have a wonderful time. Women are going to have a wonderful time over there. It, there's a couple things. Number one, uh, uh, does the Taliban want to be part of the international community in general, or are they going to just be more than happy just to continue to live in isolation in a 7th century style of uh, living, number well, one? there's hope because there are many, many, many moderate uh, Islamic people who come to this country and take part in our democracy, no, well, not our democracy, our republic, and they participate and they're good people. You know, but these folks have been living over there in the Stone Ages for so long. How do you bring them into the current world? How do you get them to concede that some things are different, that there aren't going to be 37 virgins or whatever waiting for them in paradise? Well, you and know, if they think, cut somebody's hand off for stealing kind of, something, you, you know, you are kind of looking at the extremes. The other issue, the other point is that uh, for the last 20 years or so, while America has virtually occupied Afghanistan, you know, a number of uh, young people, men and women, have uh, have gone to school, have progressed, have learned, have been educated. So the Taliban can now say, okay, we're in charge now. Are we going to use all of this intellectual growth that has occurred and move our country forward or not? And, and we're going to see. Well, I mean, Donald Trump called them, according to EB, good fighters who are really smart. 
Is that a bad assessment? Doesn't sound bad to me. I think they are good fighters. And I think they are really smart because they are attempting now. This is not the Taliban from 2001. This Taliban is more public relations savvy. Mm -hmm. They're saying the right things. They're saying they're going to give women more rights. They're saying they're going to help us evacuate our personnel. But at the same time, they put set up um, what do you call it, perimeters around the airport, and they're not letting people in. Mm -hmm. There was a picture this morning, admittedly on Fox News, of a woman who had been beaten to death for not wearing a hijab or a, um, a burqa. You know, so there are other stories. They actually had a video of some guy being beaten by the Taliban security people trying to get to the airport. Right. And so, you know, at this point, uh, we don't know what is going to happen over there. Um, but Should we care? Well, we've had people call the program and say, look, President Biden was right to try and get us out of there. Not one more American life lost in a cause for which the Afghan people are not willing to fight. And I can't argue with that. very Right. And, and you say, should we care? Uh, <clears throat> that, that's not an easy because we, on, a, on a humanitarian level, uh, excuse me while I use this uh, cough button. Sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. it picked up in my I microphone. I thought I was pretty sure that it would, Joe. Uh, you know, we, we can care in the same way that um, we see uh, anyone being uh, mistreated or hear of anyone mis being mistreated. Unfortunately, we are not always in a position uh, to do something about it. So when you say, should we care? Yes, we care and to the degree we feel terrible about it. Um, you can't always do something about it, and that's what it comes down to. Well, I mean, what what should we do? Uh, we have, I think, some sort of a moral obligation to those Afghanis who helped us. Oh, sure, who sure. Who helped our troops, who protected our troops, who, you know, provided some useful service. We certainly owe them something, just as we owed the people in Vietnam the same thing. And many of those Vietnamese came here and were wonderful people, become wonderful citizens of our country. And I think we owe the Afghanis the same sure. thing. But we're sending them to a third country while we process their visa applications, while letting the southern border open to people streaming through in the tens of thousands. Now, you mentioned uh, Vietnam. Um, friends of mine from State College made a, went on vacation in Vietnam about a year and a half ago or so. Maybe it was more than that. I don't know. Uh, you know, the general sense, and again, I I'm not going to try to pretend I know the details. The general sense is that Vietnam is a kind of a normal place at this point. Well, it certainly didn't lead to the domino effect that it was sold sold to us as, you know, this country falls, they all fall. Right. That hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. And the, and so even in the case of Afghanistan, we don't we don't know what will happen. Um, all we can do is go on what has happened in the past. Um, but you know, and, and maybe that's the real, the real question. When you go into a country, when you go into a country and there's a, any kind of a civil war uh, brewing, occurring, happening, um, those are people who are passionately, uh, they passionately believe in their cause. And they are going to fight, as, as much of a cliche as it is, they're going to fight to the death for the cause they believe in. How are you gonna? How are you gonna beat that? It, you know, it, it, Joe. It's I, here's another cliche for you. This is an old sports cliche. The team that won, you say, well, they wanted it more than we did, or they wanted <laughs> it more than the other team did. 
Um, you know, we, there's been a, a great deal of criticism about the Afghan military. Um, you know, I was just reading about it today. You know, the Afghan, the, the soldiers in the Afghan military, I, from the little I read, kind of came from the same place that Taliban fighters came from. They were looking for a paycheck. They wanted to earn a living. Uh, they weren't necessarily there to uh, defend and fight for their country. Um, but let's talk for a minute about whose responsibility all this actually is. One of our emailers says, well, we've witnessed Biden's border plan or lack thereof, and now Biden's evacuation plan or lack thereof can hardly wait to see Build Back Better. Unfortunately, the current administration and its military upper echelon are more concerned about being woke rather than being awake. Well, okay, so that writer criticizes Joe Biden. And uh, here was a piece uh, from uh, one of your favorite newspapers, the Washington Post. However, Joe, it was written by a Trump supporter. And as he said, as referring to Afghanistan, plenty of blame to go around. And I'll rattle them off for you. President Bush being blamed for invading in the first place. President Obama blamed for claiming combat was over when it was not. Uh, President Trump blamed for committing to an ill-conceived withdrawal, and President Biden for botching the withdrawal itself. So, why would you say that, why would they say that President Trump's plan was ill-conceived? Because the capitals, the provincial capitals weren't falling under his watch. He announced that he was leaving. He signed a deal with them that hopefully would have made the exit reasonable. And there was no there was well, no upheaval over there during his administration. And it was after Biden came in and cut know, everything have, off. But we have no idea if, if Donald Trump were still in office and if he was sticking to his plan. You're to, right. It might have happened. Sure. But, I sure. mean, to blame him for something that didn't happen during his administration seemed well, ridiculous. Well, okay, but had Trump Trump never signed a withdrawal agreement. Okay. If he had never signed that, then he could then the withdrawal agreement would have been worked out by the Biden State okay. Department under the if it were, they wanted. Did Biden not get us back into the Paris Climate Accords after President Trump dumped us? President Biden had no hesitancy changing a lot of things at the southern border and everywhere else that he didn't like that Trump did. Yet suddenly this is something he didn't change and he shouldn't have because okay, Trump screwed thing, it up. Okay, one thing, because when Joe Biden ran for president, because this was a guy who tries to keep his promises as opposed to your president. Oh, he kept his so, Trump kept his promises. Joe Biden one of the things he ran on was getting us out of Afghanistan. So, Joe, had he then taken office, and if the first thing he had done was thrown away the Trump withdrawal agreement, people would have said, wait a minute, Joe Biden, President Biden, you promised you were going to get All us right. out of Afghanistan. President Trump had no hesitancy about saying NAFTA is a terrible trade agreement. I'm getting us out of it, and I'm going to renegotiate a better deal. And he did. Biden could have done the same thing. He could have said, President Trump made a terrible deal here. You know, I'm going to renegotiate it. You know, Joe Biden is not Donald Trump, is not George W. Bush, is not Barack Obama. And these people are all different. He's not even Miller G. Fillmore. Well, I don't. You know, you remember Fillmore. I think you were in Miller Fillmore's cabinet. But uh, the point is, uh, the other point is this. Uh, a Republican congressman, of all things, a Republican congressman, former Republican congressman, actually went on Twitter 
And first of all, he did, and his point was, yes, we, uh, Joe Biden deserves the uh, abuse that he's getting for this withdrawal. But this former Republican congressman said Joe Biden is also the first president who seems determined to get America out of Afghanistan during his presidency. Politics be darned. For that, he deserves credit and thanks. Uh, Joe Biden has stuck to his guns. He's getting us out, and a lot of people don't like the way he's getting us us out. Right, there's getting us out and getting us out. There's a planned, reasonable exit strategy, and then there's utter chaos. Well, it is utter chaos, and again, uh, you know, you can— and he says the even, buck stops here. You, I love that. He said the buck stops here, but he, right. he doled out 95 cents to other people. Well, I don't even know what that means, Joe. <laughs> well, I'll but explain I, it to you. Yeah. we got to take a break. I'll explain it to you. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Weigh in on this topic or anything else. It's an open phone. Stay. Text us at 70236 or email us at com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff and Eric's on the line. Good morning, Eric. You're welcome. We're happy to take your call any day. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I hate to do this, but it's, it's what I've been doing during the COVID, and I'm going to have to use it again. Uh, I'm going to have to use Walmart as my barometer of where we're at with things. And uh, very surprisingly, went in there yesterday um, to uh, pick up a couple things. I don't go off what I do. And I walked in, and they pushed a mask on me and said, please wear this. So now Walmart is requiring masking again. Um, really? So, uh, well, when did that start? I was in the other day, and they didn't hand, it, hand me a mask. First was... time, first time, Joe, first time. And I, I checked on the way out, and, and they did have changed the sign that says we're, Walmart is requesting everyone wear a mask now in our, in our stores. Now. So I was given it. I wore it. I, I walked around. I noticed about probably half the people were not wearing masks. I don't know if they just threw them out or whatever. But um, my my point is this. Um, question for you, uh, Joe, and your, both you gentlemen, in your opinion, should our teachers and public schools be required to have vaccinations? Be required? Yes. No. But should they have them? Yes. Okay. So... Um, should our teachers be required to have vaccinations against things like smallpox, diphtheria, things like that? Should they have the same requirement of uh, inoculations as the students have? 
when those vaccines, the current vaccines, are as well established and as their efficacy is well known, and their uh, long-term problems, if any, are well known as those other vaccinations, then I would say yes. But you know, we've had vaccinations for things like measles. They've been around for years and years and years. We know what to expect with them. We don't know completely what to expect with the coronavirus vaccines at this point. And the federal government still hasn't given its final pr approval of these things for uh, their efficacy and for their safety. Let me just throw one sure. question out, uh, and then I'll stop talking. Because the FDA is very close to giving approval to these vaccines. So let me throw Eric's question back at you, Joe. Once approval is given, then do you think teachers should be required to get the vaccination? I think a lot of people are going to require something after that point. Businesses, you know, I think the, I heard a story the other day that said that they expected that once the final approval of these vaccines came down, that many companies would require their employees to have them and that schools might require teachers. If it's a matter of your employment and your employer says you have to have it to work here, then it's up to you whether or not to take it and whether or not to keep your job. But you shouldn't be forced to take it. I mean, no one should come to your house and say, here's the jab. But, you know, I see, can see an employer saying, you don't have it, you don't work here. Well, I just heard this morning that uh, Quinnipiac, I can never say that, uh, that college in Connecticut that does Quinnipiac. all of it. Quinnipiac. They're now requiring students to either be vaccinated or they have to stay off campus and wear a mask and do uh, remote learning. Yeah. You know, so that's, they're right, I guess, if, to do it, but I think it's a little premature. Back to you, Aaron. Um, I think I think Susquehanna is requiring I either so. um, inoculation or masking, as far as I know. And Bucknell, I thought both of them were requiring yeah, yeah, the kids yeah. to be vaccinated. Requiring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In other words, you so. can't you can't attend this college if you're not vaccinated. That's my understanding. Oh, I think there might be an option where they can continue to do you know um, online or whatever, which I think needs to be an option uh, for our public school students for. For those parents who feel very strongly that their their kids shouldn't at this point because of all the inoculation shouldn't wear a mask or after inoculations are okay to be inoculated, um, then I think we have to have an option for them. Well, but, did you? But why should why should my grandkids be put at further risk because you think your kids? rights are being infringed upon. Did you attend what about the my kid's did, rights not to have your kid make my kid sick? Did you attend the Sealands Grove school board meeting the other night? I did not. I, I understand it was rather <laughs> what, what, what was the final? They had a special school school board meeting when last night last Tuesday. Uh, it was uh, not yesterday, day before yesterday, Tuesday night. Yeah, would have been Tuesday night. Okay. But how did, or, I'm sorry, Monday night, Monday right. night. And everybody okay. was screaming and pointing fingers and yelling that their kids' rights were being violated. I'm not sure what relevance that has to Eric's well, point. I think here's, the, here's my issue. Uh, I understand the parents who don't want to mask their kids. There's no research that shows the long-term effects of kids wearing masks in school. You know, I wish they had some long-term research on that. I don't know what it would prove at this point, but, you know, and, and I guess if we require kids to wear them, we're going to find out. But 
There's no science that says this is going to protect them or keep them safe. Oh, disagree. The Sealers Grove School District is doing, and I think most school districts are doing the same things that they did last year with the exception of mandating a mask. They're social distancing. Uh, my grandson is in the middle school. He's being told that, you know, there'll be three or four places where they have lunch. They won't all be in the cafeteria. They'll be socially distanced. Some of the kids will eat outside. But I don't think the teacher should be required to implement mask mandates on a child-by-child -child basis. You know, what, what are we going to add that now? We have to have a note from the, from the parents saying, my kid's got to wear a mask. And so at the start of the day, the teacher with 22, 23 kids has to sit there and say, all right, Sally, you got to wear a mask. Bill, you don't. Earl, you don't. And it creates a subculture within the school, those who are wearing masks, those who aren't wearing masks. Well, let's, let's see how much. Joe, I want, can I interrupt because sure. I know we're running out of time? I'm sorry. So, so did you believe that mask mandates, which we did have last, last year, school year, were, were a good idea? At the time, yes, I thought they were. Okay, and because we're I now bought at into the point with this variant, which is everything I'm seeing is it's rolling out and getting just as bad. So why does now five months of time change things? Well, first of all, depending on the grade in school, uh, my grandson is 12, he's had the vaccine. And I thought 12 and up, 12 very, and up. I'm very happy to hear that. 12 Thank and up. You. Thank 12. you to, to your grandson and his family for being for and helping protect well, we've all grandkids. we've all had it. We've all had it. You know, that's our mm -hmm. choice. Nobody forced me mm -hmm. to have it. I thought, you know, it was a wise and prudent thing to do, and I'm willing. I wanted to relive my life. I was sold on it based on, you get this shot, you can live your life again. Now I'm being told I can't live my life again. I got to go back to wearing a mask when I go to this store and that store, and this store is saying one thing, that store is saying another. You know, and you're absolutely right because the people have politicized this issue, as I've spoken before. They've made it into a political issue, and they're they're refusing to get it based upon politics. And you can you can yell to your faces blue. I still think this is a political issue. You look across the nation. You you gotta admit that the red states are not getting vaccinated. The blue states are tending to be, and the ones like ours are kind of 50-50. Well, I understand that in so. Snyder County, the vaccination rate is 40%, which I think is very low. Now, I haven't spoken to the 60% who aren't vaccinated to find out why they chose not to. But I suspect it's not just politics. I suspect it's concern about the, the long-range impacts of the drug and, and the being told that they have to do something they don't want to do. Years ago, and I probably won't get a chance to finish this story, in Shemokin Dam, we had a debate about putting fluoride in the water. And the argument that people came up with, and I thought it was a good one, was you may have the power to make me drink this fluoridated water, but you don't have the right to do it because I can get this treatment other ways. And I think the same thing is true with the, vac with the, the masking. You don't have the right to force me to do it because there are other ways I can stay safe by getting the vaccine. The difference or is that my kids are forced to go to school and my kids should be able to be safe going to school so your kids have to step up the line. Well, Thank you, you. You can reverse that, Eric. You can flip that around. Hey, we'll get, thanks, Eric. You can call back if you want another minute. 1-800-795-9565. Call us after the break. We'll take time out for news on WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, 
Joe McGranahan. Thank you. Welcome back. Mark Lawrence taking the day off with me this morning is Steve Kushaloff. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Our producer's Rob Center. We got open phones at 1-800-795-9565. Email us, as several folks have done, at onthemark at wkok.com. We invite your comments this morning. We started off talking about President Biden and the terrible buyer's remorse that uh, people like Steve are suffering from his election as president. <laughs> I'm only kidding, Steve. Doesn't I, even <laughs> doesn't even deserve a response. And then we st Eric brought us back to the uh, topic of masking, mandatory masking. We have an interesting story on that out of South Carolina. Uh, first, we're going to do the news and remind you that On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. They are on 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections and nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. They sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They're the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks and a master towing service with decades of experience. We have a call waiting for us from Mike, but we got to do the news headlines, so Mike, hang on. We'll be with you in a moment. Firefighters were busy battling a fire this morning at the Forest House Hotel in Mifflinburg. The fire started around 4.10 a.m. at the hotel located along Buffalo Road. Emergency dispatchers say firefighters from Mifflinburg, Lewisburg, New Berlin, Penns Creek, and West End Union, Union County, responded to the working structure fire. Crews had the fire under control quickly, but smoke and water damage is reported. The investigation continues. No injuries reported. A woman from Winfield was taken to Geisinger Medical Center with serious injuries following an accident on Tuesday in Snyder County. State police say 40-year-old Becky Dobler was traveling south on Middleburg, New Berlin Highway around 9.30 a.m. when she apparently lost control of her car on a wet roadway. The car struck a utility pole on the driver's side of the vehicle. Dobler was taken by ambulance to Geisinger Medical Center. No other vehicles were involved in that accident. And state police are investigating after several animals were found inside a minivan, including a dead cat. Troopers say the incident took place on July 28th along Weichel Road in Center Township, Snyder County, near Middleburg. Multiple dogs were discovered locked in the minivan, along with three parrots and two cats. One of the cats was found dead inside a small cage in the van. The surviving animals were placed in a shelter for adoption. The investigation continues, and cruelty to animal charges are pending. That's our look at the news headlines. This morning, again, our toll-free hotline number, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Mike from Bloomsburg, you're on the mark this morning. Hey, good morning, man. Uh, I apologize. I, this is the first I got to listen to your car, uh, call. I was dealing with a, a car issue. But in any case, you know, the people that know me, they tell me that I'm a, a glass-half-full type of person. But when it comes to the Americans that are trapped in uh, Afghanistan right now, uh, my glass is full. I, I believe that, that most of them are going to be just fine. They're going to get home safely. There, there may be some people over there that aren't under the direct Taliban control that may harm some Americans. But I think for the most part, the intentions of the Taliban is for all Americans to come home safe. 
well, that would certainly be the, the best outcome possible. But unfortunately, uh, I heard a reporting this morning that the Biden administration doesn't even know how many people there are in Amer Americans who are there. They estimate some 15,000. And the article, the, the story I saw, and I, I thought it made a very good point, was that they closed our embassy there. Normally, people who have trouble in a foreign country can count on the embassy to, um, you know, provide them help and assistance. But Biden shut the embassy down. Instead of sending in troops to keep it open to make sure that there was help available for Americans, he shut it down. Joe, what do you think would happen if uh, if all of a sudden reports came out of Afghanistan that five or ten Americans had been uh, beheaded by the Taliban? What if that report comes out today? What do you think our response would be? It would be serious, I would suspect. Okay. So I, I think Mike... Definitely. Yeah, I think Mike might be correct. Uh, you know, the, the Taliban, even your esteemed uh, leader Donald Trump he referred to the Taliban as smart well smart fighters smart fighters if they're smart they will know better than to uh, start shooting imprisoning beheading Americans right but still if well, the embassy were open it would be a better situation well I don't know where you I don't know about that I don't know it is I close okay it, trust me okay <laughs> yeah now see you're gonna agree with me for now but I, I want to say this as far as the embassy is concerned I mean the reality of this situation is, who would have ever uh, done this closure the way it is? I mean, nobody in their right mind. Okay, so put that aside, you know, because we really have to question the uh, sanity of the uh, uh, this administration. But the reason why I believe all of the Americans are going to be safe for the great, great, great majority is because I do not think the Taliban, they would love to kill them all. Trust me, they would. But... I don't think they're going to harm them because they don't want to make Joe Biden look any worse than he already is in this situation. Because if he looks worse, then that plan that he has that will basically weaken this country even further of you know the $3.5 trillion uh, basically boondoggle, if that's implemented, that's going to hurt us, okay? And they, the Taliban wants that to happen. So that's why I believe they're going to spare the Americans, because they want Biden in office, because he's doing a great job uh, helping them reach their goal. Well, I didn't know that the Taliban really cared about American uh, infrastructure. Uh, you know, I mean, that sounds like real uh, a real geopolitical chess game. Uh, you could have a point. Uh, the only thing I will agree with you on is that this whole evacuation uh, withdrawal uh, has been uh, very chaotic, and uh, maybe we will have learned. You don't. Let's not be going into countries and trying to rebuild the nation and taking sides in a civil war. You know, Russia. Russia tried this in Afghanistan a long time ago, and uh, didn't work too well for them either. That's because we supplied the mujahideen. I think it was at that time weapons. Whatever, Joe. That's right. <laughs> Just didn't work so, too well. So we have to ask ourselves. Now, obviously, the Taliban. They have one goal in mind. It is total domination for their particular ideological uh, train of thought, you know, in their religion. And any way to get that, they want that. And weakening, weakening America furthers that goal. But, you know, I believe that they are interested. In, you know, Steve, you said they're not interested in our, our infrastructure. But, no, they're interested in us running up our debt, creating socialism, weakening the country. That's what they want. They want America weak. And right now, you know, the rest of the world, they have to be shaken in their shoes. 
because America is looking really, really bad in their eyes as far as our military ability. Because when it comes down to how this thing was pulled off, and the last thing I want to say was, you know, Biden, he made every, you know, and I'm sure many callers have said this, he, has, he made every other excuse and blamed every other person, and then he, he came in at the end and said, well, the buck stops here. But you know what, that was after, you know, if the buck really stopped here, he would have said that first, and he didn't. Okay, so he's playing politics with American lives, and, you know, and, and that's not acceptable. And the way that this was handled was either malfeasance or a total lack of his ability to comprehend. In either case, he needs, Biden needs to be held accountable. And you know what? I don't care if Kamala Harris gets in there. A lot of uh, people like myself, they say they don't want to see her. But I, I do believe that this thing was so totally mishandled and carried out so wrongly that there has to be uh, uh, hell to pay. People uh, need to be held responsible and accountable for this. You know what gets me is that uh, there was all this talk when President Trump was in office of he's a lone wolf, he's acting on his own, he doesn't consult our allies. And yet Joe Biden hasn't spoken to any other foreign leader since all this started. He hasn't called Britain, he hasn't called France. Yes, he has. No, he's, he hasn't. He spoke to Boris Johnson yesterday. Well, then that's the oh. first one he's done. Well, because he, he hasn't done that before. arrange a meeting. That's what he did. He didn't. There was no big discussion. It was, hey, we're going to have a meeting. The contact. You know, that, the that's contact a, that's was a made. Talking point that you know, and as far again, to, uh, and yeah, Mike, as it, far it, as it, it, this whole one at a time, boys. <laughs> as far as this whole thing being botched, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and now we've got uh, you know a major airlift going on, and let's see how that works out. Uh, I did hear a candidate for office, a Republican candidate in, in the crazy state of Florida. He said that it's time to uh, use the 25th Amendment to remove Joe Biden from office. So obviously, Mike, uh, you're you got no problem with that. No, well, obviously, you guys, your side was talking about the 25th Amendment before Trump even took office. So let's get, you know, let's let's play on an even field here, and let's let's not mask who we really are. Okay, I'm not, I'll never mask who I am. I, I'll tell you right out. But the idea that the Democrats right now uh, are defending every move, basically, you know, maybe a little bit of lip service. Well, maybe things could have done better. Now, you know what? If this was Donald Trump, they would be, sure. they would be fighting to have him removed from well, office. Of right well, now. just like. He'd have been impeached a third time. Just hey, like listen. Republicans are doing now. Mike, we'll give you the last word. We have another call pending. Oh, well, you know what? I think I just used all my words. Okay. All <laughs> I can say is I, I do believe and I hope and pray to God that all the Americans that are there get home. But you know what? After the Americans are out, it's not looking good for the home team that was uh, supporting us over there. I can say that. Fair enough, Eric. Uh, Mike, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. 1-800-795-9565. Eric wants one more minute. Fire away, sir. <laughs> I don't know what topic to go on now, but but Mike is right. This this president is is playing politics with American lives, but not the American lives of the people that are remaining there. The American lives of, of of my kids and grandkids who are in the military. It's time to end this boondoggle. What are we supposed to do now, Mike? Go around and uh, and send thousands and thousands of troops back in and try to perpetuate a war which would have been stopped as soon as uh, Osama bin Laden was taken out? But he just sent you, 6,000. You're going to send your kids over there to die for Eric. something which 10 years from now they're going to say, hey, look, we should have got out when we had the chance? No. Eric, president, he uh, just sent Eric. President 
Earth to, Earth is, to is Eric. Follow- Earth to Eric. Earth to Eric. He just sent six thousand more troops in. He just sent six thousand more troops in. Right, and that's temporarily, for, that, Joe. Temporarily, not not to retake the country. That's what which we send. Facilitate getting people out. We send in troops this temporarily is no too. Nineteen seventy-five in Saigon. President Bush sent in troops temporarily too. Well, let's make a bet today, Joe. Let's say uh, a year from today, let's see if we still have 6,000 troops in Afghanistan. If we do, I'll give you five bucks. Will you give me five bucks if, they are, if they're out? When? What time period? Just a, a year. we got a whole year. Well, I, no, because Biden says he's pulling them out next week, even well, though people are saying for him to, to I, I let them in there for a while longer. You, according to you, this temporary to what end, mean Joe, to let them in to, to what end? Well, I don't know. You'd have to ask President Biden if he has an end. Uh, so far, I haven't no, seen one. No, he has an end. He has a plan. Oh, he does. He's implementing the plan that that. Um, so his plan, President, President Trump. His plan was to, to let his plan was to let the Taliban take over the country before we were ready no. for them to take it. What if a brilliant plan! History, Joe, what a brilliant plan! This is is very very similar to what happened in Vietnam in 1970. But he assured us that that we wasn't had, going we had to happen. Spent 20 years training or 15 years training the South oh. Vietnamese troops to defend their country. But President and Biden... And when they got attacked by North Vietnam, they fled, they laid down their arms, and they let themselves become overwhelmed. But President and Biden exactly has... exactly what the troops have Eric, done. Eric, Eric, hello, Eric. have spent 20 years and a trillion dollars training in Afghanistan. Eric, the president... laid down their arms <laughs> okay, and said, okay, Eric's, Eric's not going to stop. Eric... You're forced to listen to me now. Here's the problem. President Biden assured us that there were no parallels to Vietnam, that we weren't going to see helicopters taking off with, uh, uh, you know, off the embassy roof, that we weren't going to have that kind of chaos. And yet here we are. So, Eric, your oh, analogy. So he was supposed to say, oh, he was supposed to be able to forecast what's happening, just like President Ford was able to do in 1975, Joe. That's what you're saying? You expected President Trump to forecast it. So what's the difference? You know, President Trump started it, and and, and uh, that that was the one good thing he actually did. That was the one good thing he actually did. Okay, that was the only good thing. We had to get out, guys. Bottom line is, this was never going to be pretty. We shouldn't have gotten this far in. But again, I'm I was there. I remember 9/11. I remember our fervor. I remember our country's attack. We had to somehow try to defend ourselves. But that that this then became a boondoggle. How far into it? Okay, my perspective was. Once we had taken on Osama bin Laden, we should have then started at that point. But okay, listen, I'm sorry, Eric. We gotta we gotta let you go because you had more than your one minute, even with me talking to you for the part of that time. Uh, we have to take a quick break. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Weigh in on this topic. Give us a call now. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff, 1 800 795 9565. Our toll free hotline number. Email us at onthemarkwkok.com. Two calls waiting, two lines open. So join the Quay. Good morning, Chris. You're on the mark. Does anybody know if uh, the Taliban uh, fired a shot? At whom? At anybody to take over the country. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. In the last couple days? Well, I don't, I, I don't know if there's any more armed resistance on the part of the Afghan army. Yeah, was there, a, was there any at all? There was any some place. shooting. Yes, there was shooting. When? When was the last report of a shot? Well, when they were taking over the provincial capitals, the army was offering some resistance. They didn't all just walk away. You sure about that? Pretty sure. It was reported on the news. I saw it on CBS. You're home two for original ago, reporting. Three days ago, a week ago. I don't remember exactly. What's your point? Oh, my point is basically everybody laid down their arms, and from what I understand, it's very likely they were negotiating such actions at the provincial capital level with the Taliban since Pompey signed the agreement to be out by, I think it was September 11th or something. Okay, well, I, I haven't heard that, but September 11th was the date, and supposedly... So, uh, he's, Biden's in keeping with Trump's plan, right? Not really, because Trump's plan wasn't for this kind of chaos to erupt. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Was it Biden's plan for this kind of chaos? Biden certainly perpetuated it, and he certainly triggered it. <laughs> By doing what? By, by well, being yeah, an ineffectual uh, leader. Trump, oh, come Trump, on. Trump, there seems to be a double standard there in your phrasing, Joe. That's what I'm talking about. Look, President Biden, let's face it, in this issue, he has been weak. Now, I'm, I'm not... No, yes, no he I has won't been. say that. I will. That's an absolute lie. He's That's been not, strong. Oh, yeah, right. The thing is, Joe, you have not really cited anyone, anything, any reason why this chaos occurred. I mean, when you say things like, oh, it's because Joe Biden's ineffectual or this or that, no. Tell me, tell it's me because what, tell me, accelerated tell me. the withdrawal. Oh, you know, tell me what, other than that, what, what happened within Biden's State Department that resulted in this chaos? I at least gave you one reason. The State and Department came to Biden and said, we are going to streamline the visa process so we can get people out quicker. The intelligence community, have you heard anything from General oh, Milley? Have you heard any word from him? I have heard. They that have he, all told him not to do it. He did it. He is a weak leader who has precipitated hey, 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 this hey, chaos. Hey, so that's exactly where you're wrong. And the military well, also... Wait a second, why am I wrong? The military also told Lyndon Johnson to stay in Vietnam. And President Trump disagreed with our intelligence community, and that was horrible. But now it's okay for Biden to disagree with the military, right? Yeah, well, the intelligence community told Biden, told Trump, maybe you don't want to trust hey, everything Biden, out of Putin's And the military, Biden, the military told Biden the same thing about pulling out. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> yeah, the Army didn't want, want, want us out. When was the last war the Army wanted us out of? <laughs> I think they want us out of any bad conflict. Okay, any war. Okay, then they didn't want us out, but they didn't want us out of this one. Well, they told him that the withdrawal, the way he was going to do it, was going to lead to disaster, and it has. No, it hasn't. Oh, so this is a good situation we've got over there. People uh, being found dead in the wheel wells of airplanes trying to get out of the country. That's a real strong leader who's making this happen. Do you really it's think... It's a real strong leader, Joe, 
it's a real strong leader who sticks to his guns and doing what he knows is right. Yeah, Donald Trump did that, and you didn't seem to feel that way. And it's well, a real well, strong leader know who, was right. who takes responsibility. And Joe Biden has certainly Joe, assumed it, all it, responsibility. It was, it was Trump's plan to get us out, right? It was Trump's plan to get he us out. He signed the agreement, right? He did indeed. And he announced he was doing it, and he negotiated with them, and he got an agreement, which President Biden ignored and accelerated the pullout, oh, ignored? precipitating the problem. Ignored? He, d he ignored the common sense way that Trump had set up to do it. And what was that? What was the common sense way Trump had up to do it? It was to do it in a measured and deliberate manner. Uh, yeah, and, here and we go again, more generalities. evacuations of Americans and people uh, everybody laid down their arms, and that would have changed if Trump was there because? Well, because Donald Trump would have made given them more spine. They would have known he was oh, going to back them oh, up. All right, now you're just They would have known that Donald Trump was going to back them up. all fantasy on your part, Joe. You, you just can't resist the uh, chance to, uh, to dump on Biden. So I'm not going to dump on him. He, get in your way. President well. Biden said some things I thought were true. I agree with him that if the Afghan people aren't going to fight for their own freedom, and we shouldn't be sending American boys to, to fight get for out. it. You huh? didn't have the guts to say get out, but Biden did. Well, That's a strong leader, Joe. No, it's not a strong. It's a strong leader who says that and then backs it up with strength to make sure that the people that helped us and our own people get out of there safely. You're down to that those soldiers. people get out of there safely, that's what, that's and what, that's, that's not what, what's uh, happening. Trump got us down to, he doesn't right? even know how many. He doesn't even know correct? how many Americans are in there. He doesn't know what? how to get them out. He doesn't know where they are. This is not a strong leader. Do you know how many Americans are there, Joe? Fifteen thousand. Hey, you can't them go to the airport. Huh? He told them two weeks ago to get to the airport and start getting out, or a week ago. He did. They didn't do it. He told them to get out two no weeks ago. He has no power over making them do it. He has, well, he shut down our embassy and he has instead no of... no power over what the provisional capitals are going to do, and they all just laid down their arms. And he shut down our embassy instead of keeping it open to help American citizens who are stuck there. That, uh, how does that... Uh, Where's the embassy relative to the airport? I don't know where it is relative to the airport. Okay, I don't live then, in Kabul. Then you don't know what you're talking about either, right? I know he shut it down instead of keeping it open. He's why, why would that make a difference? Because there would have been a help place for Americans to go to get help. There is, to the airport. Oh, come on, Chris. You know the embassy is the place where you go to get those problems resolved. We sent in troops to defend our embassies before, and now he's sending in 6,000 troops to yes, stabilize the, the airport. the embassy in relation to the airport, and how many troops do you have to do to protect the whole thing? I don't know. we got two other calls. That's we'll give point, you the last Joe. word. And Joe, one more point. One well, more point. Go ahead. You got it. The experts were telling them six months. You've admitted that on the show, or at least other people have that the experts were telling it would take six months for, uh, for likely uh, the, the, the Afghan government to fall. No, nobody was saying it was going to take a day and a half. Even President Biden admitted that he was caught unawares in this situation. Hey, listen, Chris, I'm sorry, we got two other calls. We got to go. And Bob from Pax Sinus, you're up next. Yeah, good morning. I'm glad we're fighting. You know, we should be happy that this war is coming to an end. No matter what's happening over there, we have no control over it. What happens, happens. Just like the Capitol. You know, Donald Trump 
incited that insurrection. Well, no, wait a second. Well, you just said whatever happens, happens. But now you want to blame Donald Trump for that, but you don't want to blame Joe Biden for what's happening over in Afghanistan. No, because he's not over there. And, and Joe he, Biden never. He could only order our military to try and, you know, keep those people away. Donald Trump didn't try to keep those people away. He tried to take them to the Capitol to cause trouble. Well, he told and, them to go there peacefully. He said, go uh, peacefully. I never heard the word peacefully. He did. People are going to peacefully go to the Capitol. Oh, I heard him say, we're going to march. He told the Proud Boys to stand back, stand down. And then that day, he told them to go and. <laughs> you know, cause trouble. He said, you we're going to march heard it, but down, we're going to march down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol, and I'll be with you. Well, he wasn't with them, and I never heard the word peacefully. Well, he and did Rudy, say it. Rudy Giuliani was in on it, and his kids were in on it. You know, he's a sore loser, and I'm glad he's out of office. I mean, he did do a few good things, but he did a lot of trouble. You sound a lot like, of bad things for our planet. You sound like a guy who would buy some of Hunter Biden's artwork. I don't know. Does he paint? Yeah, he blows paint on canvas through a straw and sells it for half a million bucks. And he's uh, well, not he taking advantage of his president's father. My mother, my mother wrote to him when his son was killed, and he actually sent a letter back and signed it, you thanking who, her for her condolences. You know who else paints? Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. George W. Bush, he also paints. He doesn't sell them for half a million bucks. Well, I bet they go for quite a bit. So let's, you know, and we've got a lot of celebrities and well-known people who paint, Joe. So good Lord, if you're going to die on that hill, more power to you. What else, Bob? Well, the only other thing I have to say is my father served in the military. He was in the Korean War. And the only thing he got was this uh, honor of uh, my father for... Uh, grateful nation recognition and devotion signed by Bush, which is not even his uh, signature to a print. You know, that just goes to show you that Joe Biden's was actually a, a handwritten signature. For the Korean War? Yeah, my father was in the Korean War. Why would President Bush be sending notes out about Korean well, War I was, Well, it was after my father died. Oh, okay. So that's what it was from. But, well, uh, we should be happy that this war is coming to an end. No matter what happens over there, you know, I mean, these people are desperate to get out. I understand that. I mean, our military, what are they supposed to do, shoot them if they're going after the plane? I mean, how, how are you going to stop a stampede of you know, a herd of animals? You can't. Well, you can if we you have enough troops in there. The, at if, the Capitol. If you have enough troops there, if you've thought yeah. about the possible for this possibility that this chaos might happen, and he was apparently warned by the intelligence people that it could result in chaos, and then you would have had the people there to stop the chaos before it started. And yet, one of our one of our callers made the point that the quote unquote experts. Uh, told Biden that uh, the, the whole thing would be peaceful and orderly. So he did listen to the quote-unquote experts. The experts are not always right, as per going back to Vietnam 50 years ago. The experts are well, always, we always right. Knew, we always knew the Taliban was going to take back over. That's just, just that country. You can't change that country. Okay. I'll give you the last word, Bob. We have two other calls pending, so go ahead. What's, that? What's last? 
Well, the last thing I can say is get vaccinated. Well, fair enough. That's Have a, a good, good day. Good comment. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate right. your call. Take care. 1-800-795-9565. That's our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We have an email from uh, an emailer who says, my question is, where are all these Afghan people who are packing planes to leave the country going? If they're being dropped off in our country with no jobs, education, or food to be supported by American citizens, I am not for it. Are any going to France, Canada, Australia, England, or others? I have heard nothing about this. Have you? I did hear that some of them were being sent to, um, oh, not Qatar, but another country in the Middle East, uh, another Islam, predominantly Islamic country, but I don't remember what exactly that uh, that country was. So we'll, we'll try and find out for you. Okay, uh, let's see here. We have Al pending. Al, you're on the mark. Hi, uh, I have an answer a couple questions that you guys asked. Uh, there were 17 shot just in the last day or so trying to get to the airport. There was a woman that came out without her burqa on and they showed her picture and she laid in a puddle of blood, bludgeoned and stoned to death. Um, what else? Uh, you ask uh, how many Americans are still there? They estimate 15,000. And Trump was going to be out of there during the winter and pull out during the winter, but now it's right in the heart of fighting season. He had shots of May, April or May. Am I cut off? No, you're still. We're listening to you. Okay. Um, well, I'm getting another call that interrupted me. Okay. Uh, so that's, I just wanted to give you those facts, and they're out there again. And uh, you, if you watch different news stations, you can get up this information beforehand. Oh, and also, there's a bunch going to, about 3,000 going to Fort Bliss, Bliss in Texas, or Bliss, and another fort in Virginia, they're going to house another 3,000. So that's answering all those questions. I got that off of my uh, Newsmax and Fox and... <laughs> You just gave Steve a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, you should have seen a look at Steve's face when you said Newsmax. <laughs> Holy Hannah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and, I'm gonna have to go home and uh, disinfect my ears. The other day, they, they both, Joe and, uh, Joe and uh, Mark, did not believe me when two men <laughs> fell to their death from a plane. They said, oh, no, no, no. Then they go home, and there it is on TV. Uh, so I, I just report. I'm not making this up. I just report what I hear. Well, fair enough. And Newsmax is right on, and Fox is a little iffy these days. But uh, you, you just don't get all the news from one place. you got to be all over the place. Okay. Fair and enough, Al. to the top radio shows, too. Okay. Thank you, sir. Take care. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We've got one call waiting. We have to take a quick break. Tom says, Captain Bone Spurs, a strong leader? Come on, Joe. You're still in the Sahara looking for your oasis. Trump is gone forever. Get over it. Signed, Tom. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff. We have a caller waiting on the line. And Mike Bolig, a texter or emailer, says, I just don't think anybody seriously believes the situation in Afghanistan would be this bad with Trump pulling us out. I agree. Joseph, you're on the mark. Yes, I agree. 
if our beloved president, Donald Trump, was in, this would not have happened. And why I'm saying that is, I'll give you an example. When he moved the uh, embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, he refurbished the building. In other words, he come out under cost of what the experts said that building would cost in millions of dollars because his decisions cost money. And he's a, as a contractor and a businessman, he knows the decisions that he makes, if they're wrong, they're going to cost him money. Okay, and that's the way he run our government. That's good. Joe Biden is a, a career politician who spends our money, not his money, and he re reaps benefits from our money with uh, under-the-table deals. And furthermore, uh, if I were president, <laughs> and I, I'm just a, a layman, but I was in the Army, and I was in the Corps of Engineers, and I was in supply handlers, and I, we were taught how to build bridges, roads, and airstrips, but we were also taught demolitions and how to blow them up. You blow up your bridges behind you if you retreat. That's, that's, that's from time immemorial. That is a military tactic. If you've got to retreat, you blow up the bridges behind you so the enemy can't use them. And any good, any good man, and President Trump is a good businessman, where Joe Biden knows nothing about that. He's playing with our money. And uh, he, he would have not left them uh, the guns and the equipment and uh, everything that, that we left. And Biden had plenty of time. He knew this agreement to pull out the first day in office. So he should have made arrangements with his military leaders. And, and the military leaders, uh, they are all be fired because they know better. They know better. I was taught that just as a, 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 a private in the Army, you know, uh, these tactics, these military tactics, that you don't leave your enemy any gunpowder, <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, President Trump would have had a, a successful pullout, I'm sure. Well, this guy is totally, is total chaos. And there's no question about that. The guy is inapt, and he just can't handle the, the situation. Fair enough. I, 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 you know, I, in part, I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think he has been a strong leader during this, at the risk of offending Chris and my co-host here this morning. I agree that he has not, you know, you, you make a good point. On day one, he announced he was going to do all these things, reverse all these decisions Trump made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and on day one, you know, he could have come in and said, listen, Trump signed this agreement. Uh, do I need to cancel it? Is it good or bad? And he could have acted on that advice at that time, but he didn't. Well, well you don't know that he didn't. You know, the, the, the president of the United States doesn't sit there in the Oval Office working out the plans. That's why he's got an, you know, an executive branch with uh, I don't know how many people. And I think uh, maybe the people that are supposed to be serving Joe Biden did not serve him as well as they could have or should have. He said the buck stops with him. Well, yes, it absolutely does. So, and he well, said furthermore, that. I'd like to comment on these Taliban and the Al-Qaeda and these people. These are religious fanatics. They're in a cult, and, and they'll die for that religion, as we've seen in 9-11. Well, we they gave their lives because too. they believe that they're going to go to heaven with the dancing girls and virgins and all that stuff. No man's going to give his life for something he doesn't believe in. And these are fanatics. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can't deal with these people. Uh, it just right. doesn't work. All right. Thank you, know, you, Joseph. Thank you. Appreciate your comments. Steve? And that last point of Joseph's is pretty good. And that's what I kind of tried to, I sort of tried to say that at the beginning. Whether people are 
fanatic about their, their religion, fanatic about their history, fanatic about their country. That's the problem. We go into these countries like Vietnam, like Afghanistan, and we, uh, we are on opposite sides of the fence with people who are, as Joseph said, fanatic about their position. And you're not going to defeat them. I mean, it's, it's like Biden said. Do you really think another 5, 10, or 20 years would have made a difference I don't think so. Well, I agree with that. I, I don't think you, you can't you can't instill in people the will to fight for their own country if they have no desire to do so. You know, it's like we talk about people taking vaccines in this country. Some people are hesitant to do it. And the, the stories that I hear, all oh, black people are hesitant to take the vaccine. Well, if you think back to the Tuskegee experiment, you have every reason in the world, if you're a black person, to distrust the government when they're telling you, here's some medicine you ought to take. You know, so there are natural suspicions. People in these countries, they've lived their lives for thousands of years. They see no reason to change. Right. You know, if I were in a country where all I had to do was smack a woman, you know, and she had to do what I wanted her to do, why would I want to change that? I mean, I now have these slaves, people that are going to do my bidding and, and behave the way I want them to behave. Now, on another topic, Joe, there were call, there were questions about where are all these Afghan refugees going to go? Can and you use- hang on to that till we take the break? And then uh, the minute we get back, the minute we get back, you can tell us where they're going. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to On the Mark. Joe McGranahan, Steve Kushaloff, our producer, Rob Center, 1-800-795-9565. That's our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. I promised Steve before the break that I would let him finish his thoughts. Steve. Hard to believe. Okay, there were some callers with questions about where are all the Afghan refugees going to go? Where have all the Afghans gone long time ago? (laughs) You know, we just lost half our listeners. I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, First of all, yeah, a lot are going to come to the United States. I think a total of about 30,000. A lot will be divided between uh, Camp McCoy and Fort Bliss. Uh, 20,000 Afghan refugees are going to Canada. 20,000 refugees are going to the United Kingdom. And three countries, uh, Albania, Kosovo, and North Macedonia, have agreed to take Afghan refugees. I wasn't able to see how many. So uh, they're going to be all over the place. 
Well, Albania wouldn't be my destination of choice, but any port in the storm, right? Exactly. One of our emailers says, many of the comments on this morning's show show the need for many of the listeners to consider other, other news sources beside faux entertainment. Uh, that was a play on Fox, just in case you missed right. that inference. Faux, F-A-U-X. And then one of our other emailers says, good morning, guys. Steve, did you see the picture of the round table of the new leaders of the Taliban? Did you notice the one warrior sitting there? He is a released prisoner from Gitmo. He told Biden he was going home to take care of his sick father. Biden traded him for the deserter. I think there's more to this than I don't have on the screen. The deserter. Yes, I think you're right. There you go, Steve. Biden's your man. <laughs> That's right. He is. Okay, and then Chris wants one more minute. You got one more minute. It's clock's ticking. Okay, the embassy that he was talking about in Israel that Trump saved so much money on, he bought a bill. That was a temporary embassy within a building that they were going to use. They built. They 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 were going to. They bought it for a couple hundred thousand, and then they were going to do additions to uh, improvements to it for security that were going to cost two hundred to four thousand. They cost twenty one point two million instead. And the deal he nixed. He said he nixed those. was. They were going to cost a billion dollars. That was really the 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 permanent one that they were building in Israel and not the temporary one. And he did, he did was upset about a billion dollar embassy in London and canceled the meeting, but never canceled the embassy. Okay. Just so he knows that everything he reads about Trump and everything Trump claims isn't true. Fair enough, thank you very much, Chris. There's your minute. You know, Joe has uh, sat here this morning disparaging President Biden for, for accepting responsibility. And Joe has said, you know, ah, he doesn't mean it. And, and yet Joe completely mm. forgets that when President Donald Trump was asked, do you take any responsibility? He said no. For the, he said, I, ta I don't take responsibility at all. And he absolutely but not blamed for, not for Afghanistan. No, we're not talking about Afghanistan right now. We're just comparing the two uh, But the difference is he said, I don't take responsibility. Right. Joe Biden said, I do take responsibility, and then you're trying to shift it away from him. I'm not trying to shift it away from him. Joe Biden was uh, explaining, trying to explain what happened. Okay. Well, I d I'm not so certain about that. All right, Joseph, you get one more minute. Yes, I'm going to elaborate on that, what I said there at the end about the, these fanatics. I dealt with them over in the Middle East uh, and in Africa and around. Uh, I, I spoke to them from their own Koran, their own Bible. I showed them. It says in there that Mary, the Savior's mother... Joseph, I, that, that we're not going to get into that religious stuff this morning. We're talking about... You know, I, I, we're not going to insult other people's religions. We're not going to get into that this morning. Right. Um, one of our emailers says, Eric, in time they're going to ask for your ID here in the valley. Will you obey? Can't you see what is coming? You read the Bible. Unless you put a new mask on every day, it is full of germs. The mask is filthy, full of germs. If you don't want your grandkiddos in school, here is the solution. You are smart. You homeschool them. Let others choose. Well, okay. You know, um, 
Well, the day is almost over, but here was one uh, thing I tried to squeeze in. Dr. Kavita Patel, you may have seen her on TV. She's associated with the Brookings Institution. She's been a Capitol Hill and White House advisor. She said, masks combined with ventilation and social distancing reduce the chance of getting or giving COVID by as much as 83%. Uh, so that's, uh, that's an authority who will tell you that masks are a good thing. And I will tell you uh, two thoughts that occurred to me. A year ago, our kids' faces were hidden behind computer screens, and that was what passed for education. Okay, this year, many people believe we need to hide their faces behind masks, but it is still a far improvement from the kids having to sit at home behind a computer screen. The other question... It is under certain circumstances, but there are some circumstances where it's not an improvement, Steve. For example, trying to teach kids to speak and try, try to read impressions. You know, how do you how do you convey an impression facially if you can't see you know, someone's I, face? I saw, I saw that in the, the article that you sent me. Somebody said, how can a teacher teach kids spelling if they can't see how she enunciates the words because she's wearing a mask? Joe, I, I went to a lot of school. I don't remember one teacher saying, read my lips, look at my lips, here's how you pronounce the word cat. I, th I, you know, I think I can hear the word cat coming through the mask. Of course, the other question... Oh, now I, you're a teacher. Yeah, thank you. The other <laughs> question I have is these people, uh, I won't say crazy people because that would be insulting, but they are crazy, but who go to these meetings and they shriek and they scream and they point their fingers because their kids have to wear a mask. Joe, do you think when the vaccine is available for kids under 12 that those people are going to have their kids vaccinated? I don't know, but it's their choice. I, I can understand I can understand people's reluctance to get an untried, untested vaccine. You know, they know that, uh, I mean, I can tell you from my personal experience, I took it, I have no, had no problems. Well, you don't know the long-range implications. Well, I'm 78, I may never know the long-range implications. I may be gone before they occur. But I wanted to get back to my life. Thing that bothers me is I was told, if I take that vaccine, I can get back to my life. I don't have to wear a mask, I'm safe, I can go out in public. Now they're saying, well, you know, that was wrong. You gotta wear a mask and we're gonna tell you to come in our store, you got to wear a mask, you got to wear a mask here in New York to go to a restaurant. I've got to have proof of vaccination. Well, that was before the Delta variant when you but and how many I people are Yes, I agree that there are a lot of people getting the Delta variant, but what I'm not seeing are stories about the huge number of deaths every day that we had at the beginning of the pandemic. Apparently, this is a very serious uh, variant, but if you've had uh, taken some precautions, apparently it's not it's not terribly fatal. Right. If it is have, fatal for some people, but not terribly precautions. fatal. But if you, you know, how many times have they said Who this? Who isn't taking They them? have said this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And you hear story after story. 95% of the people in the hospital unvaccinated. Right. And so why the rest of us have to go around wearing masks to protect them when they won't choose to protect themselves? That's my argument. I'll in any give event. you the last word, Joe. <laughs> well, thank you. I get it anyway because I have to sign the program off. Steve, thanks very much for being with us. Steve Kushaloff, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us on The Mark. Mark Lawrence will be back tomorrow with his brand-new vehicle he's going to tell us about, and we'll join him then. This is WKOK Sunbury.